0: Serving up the strategies you need to build, market, and monetize a profitable, future-proof business around your expertise. This is the Upreneur Podcast. And here's your host, international business mentor and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Hello and welcome to episode number 481 of the Upreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ducker. As always and uh, I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. Great show lined up today. Uh, My good friend, one of my oldest friends in the online business world has joined me uh, for what I believe is probably at least the fifth or sixth time on this show. And um, Amy Porterfield, everybody, the queen of online business is in the house. Before we get into that, however, very, very quick announcement to make, and that is that there are two spots currently up for grabs inside of my roundtable mastermind. Now, if you haven't heard of the mastermind before, this is my inner circle, my high-end coaching and mentoring platform where I work with entrepreneurs that are already doing a minimum of $10,000 a month in revenue. Plus, 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 and are really just missing something. Maybe they've plateaued out and they've realized that what's got them here won't get them to where they want to be. Possibly they are a little lonely and they want to surround themselves with people that are on a similar journey at a very high level and put lots of new strategies in place and grow and scale and ultimately go further faster. If you feel like that's you and you want a little bit more information on it, you can head over to chrisducker.com forward slash roundtable. There's an intro video on there. There's a few other bits and pieces in regards to the ins and outs of the mastermind and what it looks like. And there's a button on that page for you to click and go ahead and submit a very quick initial application should you feel the need to do so. This, for me, is where I spend 90% of my time nowadays in terms of coaching and mentoring. It is the unfair advantage for everybody that is involved in the group. And so if it sounds like a good fit for you for where you're at and where you want to go in the next 12 months, 18 months, 3 years, 4 years, 5 years, I'd love to hear from you. Hop over to chrisducker.com forward slash roundtable for all the info. So... Let's get into this conversation now with Amy Porterfield, one of my favourite people in the world, not only in the online business industry, but in terms of my friendship circle, we go way back and she is just absolutely crushing it right now. A new book is out and a new Simplify to Amplify focus surrounding everything she does. You're going to love it. Youpreneur FM, your number one personal brand business podcast. So, Amy Porterfield, welcome back to the show.
1: I am so delighted to be here, my friend.
0: Oh, we have been catching up prior to hitting record. (laughs) And this is the reason why we have such a big smile on both of our faces right now. If you're listening to the audio version of the show, just assume that we're both smiling because we are, (laughs) because that's what it's like. We go way back, don't we? I mean, what are we talking like? 2010, I
1: think, the first time we hung out. It was a long time ago. We were just catching up on family and kids. And when you said that Charlie was 15 years old, I almost fell out of my seat because I feel so old right now. I remember when he was so little, but it was really fun to talk about how many memories we have of places we've gone, things we've done. And I think like the longevity of entrepreneurship and being in this game for so long is a really cool thing to see because so many people come and go. But when you've been around for a long time and seen so many changes, it's really, really kind of fun to reminisce.
0: A hundred percent. And also I think that, you know, yes, people come and go, but then equally, and I talk about this all the time, you know, a lot of relationships get thrown out, you know, because people start and foster those relationships for the, for the wrong reasons. Um, and I say, you know, you got to, you know, relations should be should be treasured, not used. Right? Like I say that all the time. Um, and unfortunately, the online business space can be a little backstabby and a little crappy uh, every now and then. We don't play on that side of the court, um, which is one of the reasons we're still friends after all these years. But also, I think that it's a good lesson for everybody tuning in to note that you know, your 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 Rolodex, your relationship uh you know contact list is only as strong as anything else that you've got going on, not only in business, but also in life as well. So it's so yeah.
1: true. You know, I was just talking to one of our mutual friends, Stu McLaren, and he was saying that someone shared with him that there are real friends in our industry, in our work we do, and deal friends. Mm. And it's really important to know the distinction between two because of course everyone wants real friends. But in business there are always going to be deal friends as well. The friend that really looks at it as transactional you do this for me i'll do that for you and there's going to be those relationships but just be careful that you don't pretend that a deal friend is a real friend that friend that will do anything no matter what right Um, and you're a great example of a real friend because i had dropped the ball on this interview we had talked about it i thought it was in the works it wasn't And instead of you being like, well, I guess she doesn't want to promote her book. I guess she doesn't (laughs) want to come on the podcast. You reach out again and you said, Amy, I, I want to help you. Do you want to come on the show? Let's talk about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is a real friend. So I just really appreciate you. And I think the distinction is really important.
0: Well, thank you. And I feel like I owe you it anyway, because you flew all the way to the Philippines.
1: Oh, don't get me started. This we need to
0: tell a story very deal. quickly. Yeah. So you okay. guys, you guys tuning in, understand. So, so 2014, actually, it was late 2013. We were all in, where were we? We were somewhere, Portland, was it? Portland, it was World yes. Domination Summit, yes. right? Portland, yes, right. And we went out we had drinks and cocktails and all that good fun stuff. And then I turned around and said to everybody, uh, you were there, John Lee Dumas, Pat Flynn, um, Greg some, Hickman. Hickman was there, and a whole yeah. bunch of other folks as well. And 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 I said something to the effect of, "You guys are terrible friends because I come to America all <laughs> the time, <laughs> and you've never come to the Philippines." And I think you were actually one of the first person person that said, "Well, give us a reason and we'll come." kind I of think now? There was a lot of cocktails consumed that evening, <laughs> but nonetheless, I held you to it and everybody yes, else. Did. And then you flew 21 hours to the Philippines to be at my first big event. So it
1: was a big deal. And I didn't realize it was that far. Yeah, I had just come off of a launch. And so I was like up every night, cart That's closed. That's right. That I remember.
0: Day. Yeah, I
1: got on the plane and I slept literally, I think, 21 hours to right. get there. But right. then remember when I got there and we had dinner on the rooftop and I looked at you and I was like, this is far.
0: <laughs> <You're> <laughs> only yours- for you. Only for you, only Dr. For you,
1: Chris. <laughs> but it was so worth it. We had so much fun, so many great memories. But yeah. yeah, it's fun to go way back.
0: It really is. So let let's talk about that then a little bit, because when we first met with each other, Um, I think it was probably at like blog world or something all those years ago, you didn't have a podcast. You, you, you kind of had just kind of got going like a lot of us were. I mean, we were all pretty much in the same boat back in those days. Um, And you didn't have the podcast. You, you had, I guess, you know, a business model of some variety, you were building your list, you were doing a few things and all that sort of stuff. But then like, now we fast forward all these years later, um, and some of your statistics are incredible. Like some of your stats are crazy. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of online followers, millions and millions and millions of downloads on the show, not to mention multi, multi, multi millions in revenue, thousands and thousands of paid students and clients over the years. and you know, more impact made in this world than you can shake a really big stick at. Mm -hmm. So like, how does Amy Porterfield feel now after all these years, except for the fact that she's bang smack at the tail end of the book launch and she's tired at the moment, I (laughs) would guess.
1: (laughs) So, you know, it's interesting. I, I, a few years ago, well, it was a little while back when I had started to get a lot of massive success. And my husband and I moved from this little condo in San Diego to this really big, beautiful home. And we were sitting in the jacuzzi that faced the house and it was nighttime and the house was all lit up. And I said to him, can you believe this is our life? Can you believe what we've created and he said not any million years did i think that this would be our life and that is our life because of my business my my husband now fast forward all these years and he's a retired firefighter uh we moved from san diego to nashville two years ago and he decided to retire and so uh, my business is our livelihood and i feel very proud about that and there were some very specific things that I did to get me here, things that I don't know if everybody does, but I know they work for me. And I also know that the first few years were very rocky. When I left my last corporate job 14 years ago, the first two years of entrepreneurship, I thought, this will never work. I am not cut out to, the, to do this. This is a disaster. I was not making enough money. And so to fast forward to today, I feel really proud of what I've been able to create and what I plan to do beyond this. But I wrote two weeks notice because I wanted to give people a guidebook so it didn't have to be so hard. You know, now that I know what I know, what has worked, the different mindset shifts, the different exact strategies I used, I put them in this book so that other people wouldn't have to struggle through their first beginner years of entrepreneurship so they could get to where they want to get and not look back and think, I'm battered and bruised and bloody and that was the hardest thing i've ever went through i don't think it needs to be that way so that's why Agreed. i
0: agree. to experience. Yeah uh, 100% and i think that you know there's a lot you know time is a great healer it's also a great teacher as well yes. and i feel like i've learned equally as much in the last 5 6 years as an entrepreneur than i have done in the previous 5 years and the 5 years before that and now i'm really old i'm coming on 18 years as an entrepreneur now, which is, you know, I'm 50 this year.
1: Okay. No. And I looking at you, I told Chris this, when I came on, I was like, dang, you look good. And he looks young. So I don't know how you're 50. No,
0: that's the love of a good woman. will do that.
1: Yes. Amen.
0: And, and young kids that drive you nuts all day and keep you running around everywhere. Um, But, but like I have, I mean, like, I feel like I've learned just as much in the last five years. And I have done the last you know, 15 years prior, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But like you talk about things like strategies and mind sh- mindset shifts and things like that. Like, what do you think has been the biggest mindset shift for you? Going from that corporate job, quitting, struggling, and then starting to have miniature little hockey stick moments pretty regularly Mm -hmm. since then. And they're not luck, by the way, hockey stick moments, everybody, they're not luck. They come Mm -hmm. from hard work, right? So like, what do you think has been the biggest mindset shift?
1: So mindset shift for me would be this concept of learning to unboss myself. So I talk about this in the book, this concept of unbossing. So it's U-N-B-O-S-S-I-N-G. Someone quoted me recently and they're like, I love that concept of unboxing yourself. And I'm like, ooh, that concept's getting mixed up. It's unbossing, which is this idea that I have to believe I can lead myself, that I do not need anybody else to make decisions for me or tell me what to do or how to do it. Now, I love to have a good sounding board in my peers and my friends that I could say, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? You and me and Chris and Greg and all that, or Chris, uh, Pat, we had that for so long that we would bounce ideas off of each other. That's priceless. But at the end of the day, in those first few years, I had to believe that I can make the decision. And if the decision did not work out, that I could course correct, that that was in me. And so because being in corporate for so long, I've only had a boss like for my entire career until the day I left my last corporate job, everyone was telling me what to do and when to do it and how to do it. And I did that well. So as an entrepreneur, and I tell my new students this especially, you have to learn how to unboss yourself where you believe that you will figure it out no matter what. And I think it comes back to that word resourceful, like I'm always going to find a way. There's always a yes in there. I might not get it right away, but I will find a way to make this work. So I've really unpacked that throughout the years. And um, in the book, I tell the story and you know this about me, where I got into a partnership uh, years into my business and uh, getting out of the partnership was the most painful thing I've ever done. And I almost lost my business and getting into the partnership. And getting out of it was an example of embossing. I had been in my business three years. I had been on my own. I'd been an entrepreneur and I took on a partner because I thought I needed help, that I couldn't do it alone, that I needed someone to run my ideas by. Got into this partnership and realized I lost myself in it. I didn't even know who I was anymore. I was like a yes girl. I was like an employee to this person and had to get out of it. So I'm kind of going deep on this to just say, it is very normal to be scared to lead yourself. It is very normal to think you can't do it or you have to get a bunch of opinions. You do not. And that's a muscle you create.
0: Indeed. Absolutely. And it's one that you've got to flex.
1: Yes. Regular and over as well,
0: you know, and being, you know, being your own boss is not easy. You know, we've, you talked about it on your show. I've talked about it on this show, like being your own boss. It is kind of crappy quite regularly. Like we've got (laughs) to deal with, we've got to deal with a lot of crap pretty regularly, but what is, you know, what's, what's on the other side of that coin? What's the other option? It is staying in a job that you don't particularly like because it pays you well, potentially, or maybe it doesn't pay you well and you're overworked, but you're scared to leave. Like, you know, the, the, the other option is not as enticing. I feel as going out and doing your own thing and laid in your own trail, so to speak. It's so, true. Yeah. Let me ask you this then. So, I mean, for the longest time, you know, I've published two books in the time we've been friends. Other people have published books as well. And you're kind of like the last one to the party in our kind of like yeah. original OG online biz mastermind yeah. group. Um, what took you so long? <laughs> like, yeah. what go- is you know, What is going on here? Why? Why did this take so So long,
1: I have this philosophy in my business that I keep it really, really simple. So Mm -hmm. I have built a uh, really lucrative business with really few offers. So right now, I have two digital courses, one is evergreen, one is live that I do it once a year. So I have two digital courses, uh, membership and affiliate marketing, that is the bulk of my order of my offers. And that has always pretty much looked like that. And so $85 million later, uh, if we get to today and that simplicity has served me well, I don't want a lot of uh, plates spinning in the air. I think my secret sauce is I don't do a lot of things, but I do a few things really well. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so I've always done that. So adding something to my business is a big deal. I know adding something will take away from what I'm focused on. It will take away from my family, right? and it will kind of throw a wrench in things till it kind of finds its place into my business, which is exactly what this book has done for the record. It's It's been a wild ride. So I wanted to make sure I was ready to give it my all. I'm a, I'm a 100% kind of girl. So I knew I had to be ready. Also, I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. And I think this is important. Other people listening probably wanna write a book as well. It's something that as entrepreneurs think about. I've thought about a book for like the last five, six years. Sure. But I also wanted to make sure who do I want to serve and how do I want to hit them? And where do I want this book to come into my community? And I realized I have such a small, uh, such a special place in my heart for people just getting started. For those that are in that nine to five, looking around thinking this cannot be it. There's got to be something better for me. And a lot of people listening right now, they know that they wouldn't be listening to your podcast if they didn't know. There's this whole other world out there that could give me more freedom, more creativity, more money, all of that. However, there's people listening right now, but they're still in their nine to five job. They've got one foot in, one foot out. And so I want to encourage people to say, we're going all feet out. We're running for entrepreneurship because of what it affords you. Lifestyle freedom, financial freedom, creativity, freedom. And like you said, being a boss is really hard. But I also say the worst day as an entrepreneur, and I've had some bad, bad days. I talk about them in the book. I didn't want to talk about them, but I do. The worst day as an entrepreneur is still better than the best day in a nine to five job because you're free. Yeah. And so I wanted to write a book about freedom.
0: Yeah. I love this. Okay. So where did the title come from?
1: (laughs) So two weeks notice obviously is that, that concept of giving your notice, quitting your job. And I, you know, the bulk of the book is about how to start an online business from scratch. Now, Which is why
0: kind of like, this is what threw me with the title initially. I was like, surely, surely shouldn't Amy be doing a book called, you know, like online marketing online. handbook or whatever. Yes, you know what I mean? Exactly.
1: Like, yeah. So that's such a good point. No mm. one's ever asked me like that before. So the bulk of the book is how to start a business, not how to do digital courses, which is my expertise. Although there's one chapter in there for a mini digital course to make money quickly, but the book is really laying the foundation of any kind of online business, everything you need to do step-by-step step to do that. Cause everyone always says, where do I start? I don't know where to start. Mm. You start with this book. But the reason I called it two weeks notice is because so many people that want to start a business are stuck in a job. They either have the golden handcuffs, which I had, I worked for Tony Robbins. I made a lot of money. I got to travel the world. Why would you ever leave that? Because I wasn't free. So I had to let go of the golden handcuffs. But there's other people that like golden handcuffs. Are you kidding me? This job is miserable. I don't get paid. Well, I'm not valued and I need out, but I'm too scared. Mm. So I had to start the conversation with leaving behind what you no longer want and stepping into what you do want and getting crystal clear about why you want your own business. Because like you said, Chris, it gets hard. And if you are not clear on why you want this and what your life will look like, you will not continue. We've seen so many people start this journey and don't uh, finish it, right? Yeah. And so it's leaving behind what you no longer want. A lot of people, that's your nine to five job. And I give people a roadmap. So this is why this book is different than a lot, where I show you from the day you decide to quit to the day you actually leave, three months, six months, a year, whatever that is, here is your roadmap. So the day you leave, your business is ready to thrive. And so I kind of walk them through what that looks like, what to do while you're getting ready to leave your job so you can create a successful business. So, anyway, that's why it's called Two Weeks Notice because I first got to get them out of what they don't want to move them toward what they do.
0: I love it. So, I mean, obviously the book is out now. You guys can go pick it up at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Waterstones, if you're in the UK, wherever good books are sold. Only good books are sold. uh, And they're going to be right there. Amy's (laughs) book is right there in the window, and all that good stuff.
1: What's the most popular place in the UK to walk in and buy a book?
0: Waterstones. Oh, Waterstones. I would say back in the day, it was a it was a place called W. H. Smith, which was kind of 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 like yeah, it was it was like a bookshop, and then it was kind of like a bookshop, bookshop, and a magazine shop, and a newspaper shop, and a sweet shop, and you know, um, DVD shop, and (laughs) stationery shop, and they kind of just went mad. What you get with Waterstones is like 90% books and the stores are always beautiful to walk through oh, and I love really that. well designed. And yeah, I mean, I can, Waterstones is a dangerous rabbit hole for a book lover, like me to roll down. But t- particularly if you are into like, you know, uh, interior design, architecture, art, that kind of stuff, like I am, like I'll, I'll walk into Waterstones to go pick Cassie up, you know, a new book for school and walk out with like 300 pounds worth of bloody coffee table books. Like it's, it's a dangerous scenario. Um, I got, so I got questions. Okay. And I know we've got limited times. So I want to keep going. So number one, uh, here's my, my three quick dive questions. Number one, what's been the most fun that you have had since you became an entrepreneur?
1: Oh, I love this question. The most fun it's been the moments with my peers you know sitting here reminiscing about years ago the fun things we did I probably don't even do enough of that now although no I just recently had a really great experience in a mastermind in Napa with some of my friends so I still do it but back then I think I did a lot more I was younger I could stay out and drink more okay so these days it's a little harder but I know the feeling
0: trust me (laughs) I know the feeling
1: forming the relationships and and growing our businesses together to see what you've done and what i've done all these years later those that are just starting if you're listening you're just starting find your friends But here's the deal, you have to make an effort to keep them. And this is a mistake I've made many, many times where I don't put the effort in and then I look around and wonder where are all my people. So I think it starts with us. We have to initiate the conversations. We have to invite people in. We have to check on our friends. But friends in the industry and actually getting out of your comfort zone and doing things with them, it really enriches your life, but it enriches your business as well. So I really want to encourage people to do that. But that's when I've had the most fun. And that means going to events like where, you know, we've been at so many events together, but those were the memories are made. So you got to push yourself out of your comfort zone.
0: 100%. Love it. Okay. So number two, what's been the worst time for you as an entrepreneur? The worst thing you've gone through. I mean, you alluded to it a little bit in regards to the partnership that went wrong. Uh, yes. You can either dive a little bit on that deeper, or you can go in another direction. I'm curious. You
1: know, let's see, if I think of the worst time, it it had to have been that. So it was mm, getting mm. into something that did well for a while, but it proved to be not a good fit for me, and I felt so much shame for yeah. making the wrong decision. I remember
0: the conversations we had around that time. Oof. You you were not in a good place with horrible yeah i was
1: really scared i was scared not only i was shameful that i made the wrong decision in my business and went in a direction that was not going to serve me but two that i didn't know how to get out like i've never dealt with lawyers before i've never dealt with um having a huge riff with somebody or anything like that so that was a really hard navigation however looking back genuinely I feel like I could do anything. After getting through that, I'm like, bring it on. Although I don't want anything like that again, but like (laughs) I could do anything. So even our worst moments still make us so strong to do big things in our business. But yeah, Yeah. it's an entire chapter in my book. I explain what happened, why I did it, how I got out of it and what it meant. But there's this huge punchline and I'm just going to give it away. When I got out of it, I went from five million dollars in my business to 16.5 million in a year because I found myself. And I think entrepreneurship is so much about finding who you are, what you stand for, what you're about. And that's a beautiful thing.
0: So it's almost scary because I feel like you may be reading uh, my mind a little bit here because my final question was in regards to doing exactly that, like you got out of that you made all this extra money, you got into a real groove that year. Like how can we, and how can people tuning in, particularly if they're on the verge of quitting and moving on, or if they've already done it and they want to grow and scale now, um, the term I use a lot is you want to go further, faster. What can we do to get and stay in that groove over longer periods of time and ultimately create more opportunity, more abundance coming our way?
1: So my secret is, and why I was able to grow the business so quickly that fast is one, I I got really clear on who I was. So we all have to do the internal work. I believe in coaches and therapists and mastermind groups and working on yourself. So I did a lot of work on myself and it's a big deal. It's important as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. but the strategy of why that worked is I doubled down on what was already working in the business and I got rid of the fluff. And I think a lot of people, especially when you're just starting out, you want to do this, you want to do that, I'm going to do that, I'm going to say yes to everything, which in the first year I get. Year two, year three, we've got to start pruning. Double down on what works. I want to see people have simpler businesses, fewer offers, but really do them well. And so I do think that's the secret sauce.
0: Yeah, I love that. I say all the time, you've got to simplify to amplify. Yes. So you know, it's yes. good to have you on the show to kind of back. See everyone. Look, I don't. This is real. What I say here, heed my bloody You're advice, you lot. Right? Yes. Yeah. Come on. All right. Well, look. Uh, I know you got to run. It's been great catching up, and thank you for coming back on the show. Uh, everybody tuning in, please go and pick up uh, a copy of Two Weeks Notice from my beautiful friend Amy Porterfield. If thank you me, don't. My friend. I'm going to ban you. I'm going to, if you don't pick up a book, I'm going to ban Come on. everybody. I'm going to ban let's go, one.
1: my friends. Let's, let's go. Ban. And also in true online marketing fashion, I create bonuses for my buyers. So if you let's buy my go.
0: Book, Here we go. go. Come two on.
1: Twoweeksnoticebook.com. And there's always going to be some kind of bonus depending on when you buy it. Two Twoweeksnoticebook.com. Go buy the book and then land there. And I'll hook you up with some bonuses. Chris, you have been a dear friend of mine for so many years. I love seeing what you've created. I love to see how you support your audience. And I love our friendship. So thank you so much.
0: Likewise, my darling. Likewise, 100%. For you guys tuning in, thank you very much for tuning in and having fun with us today, listening to us reminisce. And I hope that you got all those value bombs that we threw at you as well. We'll see you next week in another episode of the show. Till then, take care. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Upreneur FM. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, why not head over to our official website at youpreneur.com to access all our tools and resources essential to building, marketing and monetizing a future-proof business based around your expertise. We'll see you next time.